Welcome to another installment of Technically It Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com and on Spotify. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson, and this is the show where we keep it real. Here on this show, we talk about wrestling, football, basketball, baseball, and everything in between. We shoot straight from the hip and do not pull on any punches. So just sit back, relax, grab your favorite drink or snack, and enjoy the show because this is Technically It Is Real. Welcome everybody to another installment of Technically It Is Real. I am your host Tyrell Jackson and welcome to a Spotify exclusive for the NFL Season Week 8 review. Plus we are going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New York Giants tonight. So without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and let's get into it. Let's start off with the Philadelphia Eagles performing a Detroit, Michigan massacre as they dominated the Detroit Lions 44 to 6. This was a massacre from the very beginning. The Detroit Lions had absolutely no chance of winning this game the moment the game had kicked off. Jalen Hurts went 9 of 14, 103 yards. He also had seven carries for 71 yards, no touchdowns, not even a rushing touchdown. He also did not get sacked, so at least he was protected as far as the sack category is concerned. For the Detroit Lions, however, Jared Goff, 25 of 34, 222 yards, five times he was sacked, no touchdowns, no interceptions. This was a complete disaster for the Lions. I mean, how, how, how do you let this happen? How do you let this lie? How do you get blown out? in your home stadium to fall 0-8. I do not get it. I do not understand it. But nonetheless, it did happen, and that's just the end of that. They absolutely came out and was sleeping. They were sleeping. They were zombies on, on Halloween. I mean, the Detroit Lions could not do anything correctly. They fall to 0-8. The Philadelphia Eagles improved to 3-5. and five. They are currently sitting second in their division. Let's move on to the next game where we had the San Francisco 49ers beat the Chicago Bears in Chicago as Jimmy G threw for 322 yards. How about that? And also ran for two touchdowns. He is still trying to show Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch that he is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. For Justin Fields, he did not have a bad game at all. It was actually one of his better games as he went for 19 of 27 for 175 yards. A touchdown, one interception, was sacked four times. But I'll tell you this, the play of the game was that touchdown run that he had where he made everybody fall out of their shoes. I mean, my God, he made them fall out their shoes. Final score, 33-22. to 22. San Francisco over the Chicago Bears. San Francisco improves to a good 3-4, and four, which is good enough for third in the NFC West. They also snap that four-game losing streak that they had, and the Chicago Bears fall to 3-5, and five, which makes them third in their division. Let's also talk about this. The New York Jets, I called it Saturday. It was absolutely spot on with my prediction. The New York Jets beat the Cincinnati Bengals 34-31. to Now, Mike White did not throw five touchdowns like I thought he did, but he did throw three. That is good. Also, I have to say this. I have to say this. 
the Bengals have found a way. They have found a way to bungle again. Just like I said Saturday, when you expect them to do something, that is when they do not show up. It is the same thing with the Cleveland Browns. When you expect them to be great, they don't be great. When you don't expect nothing from them, that's when they're great. They absolutely came out and slept on the New York Jets. They got ahead a little bit, and when they got ahead, they thought they had the New York Jets right where they wanted them, but the New York Jets said, uh-uh, ain't going to happen. We going to come out, and we going to still keep punching, keep going. Mike White had a good game, 37-45, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He went toe-to-toe with the great Joe Burrow, who went 21-34, 259 yards, Three touchdowns. He also threw an interception. Joe Mixon also had a rushing touchdown off of 14 carries and 33 yards. But what about Michael Carter? 15 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown. This was a shocker to everybody but me. I am going to toot my own horn for a little bit because everybody was saying that the Bengals were going to win, and they did not win. They actually lost. They sit. They are currently sitting second. In the division now with the Baltimore Ravens sitting at the first place at 5-2, and two, the Bengals fall to 5-3. and three. They are hosting the Cleveland Browns next, while the Jets improve to 2-5. and five. Robert Salah gets his second win, but the Jets cannot celebrate this for long because they have to turn around, face the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night, and that is that. They cannot celebrate for a whole week but they got the Indianapolis Colts. And speaking of the Indianapolis Colts, after going three out of their last four wins, they lose to the Tennessee Titans in overtime, 34-31. to After a late field goal by Randy Bullock from 45 yards out, the Tennessee Titans improved to 6-2, first in their division, and they also sweep the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts fall down to 3-5, and but that is good enough because of the weak division that they play for second in the division. Ryan Tannehill went 23 of 33 for 265 and three touchdowns. But the story of this game was the Indianapolis Colts being able to stop Derrick Henry on 28 carries. Derrick Henry only had 68 yards and Derrick Henry suffered a foot injury, which could be the end of the year. Now, Mike Vrabel is saying that the, that Derrick Henry could play. He is saying that he could play, that the foot surgery should not be a problem at all, but he is going to be out for an amount of time that is yet to be determined. In the meantime, the Titans are actually trying out Adrian Peterson to see if he can come in and fill in the void for Derrick Henry. For Carson Wentz, 27 of 51, 231 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I will also say this, they should have ran the ball more with Jonathan Taylor, I do not get why they had Carson Wentz throw for 51 times, but nonetheless, I think Carson Wentz had a good game, but he had an interception that set up the Tennessee Titans game-winning field goal. The Colts, like I said, falls down to 3-5, and 6-2 and two for the Tennessee Titans. They win in overtime. For the next game, the Carolina Panthers snapped the four-game losing streak that they had after starting 3-0 against the Atlanta Falcons, 19-13. This was a way better game than their first four weeks, but they also did not look that good as well, but that's okay. A win is a win in the National Football League. Sam Darnold, again, not another good, not another good game. 13 of 24, 129 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He also ran the ball eight times, 66 yards, no touchdowns. Herbert, 24 of 30, 24 
carries 82 yards and a touchdown. His longest run was nine yards. Sam Darnold's longest run was actually 20 yards. But the story of this game was the simple fact that the Carolina defense was able to ground. They were able to ground the passing game of the Atlanta Falcons. They were able to hold Kyle Pitts to just two catches for 13 yards and to hold Matt Ryan for 146 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Like I said Saturday, Carolina's secondary is one of the best secondaries in the league, and it does help that they have Stephon Gilmore to add veteran experience to a young core of cornerbacks and safeties for that team. The Carolina Panthers moved to 4-4, four and four, which is good enough for a third in their division, while the Atlanta Falcons are the basement team with a 3-4 and four record. Let's move on to the next game where the Seattle Seahawks beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-7 as Mike Holmgren was honored at halftime to be placed in the ring of honor for the Seattle Seahawks. Congratulations to Mike Holmgren. For Geno Smith, what could be his last start for the Seattle Seahawks as they are anticipating Russell Wilson to come back. Geno Smith went 20 of 24, 195 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I will say this about Geno Smith. Geno Smith has done an excellent job of standing in for Russell Wilson. He hasn't been the best, but he certainly has not been the worst. And I will sit back and say this. The games that they lost because of... The fact that Russell Wilson is not playing, but it's not on Geno Smith's fault. Not at all. Not even close. He has played excellent football, in my personal opinion. And for me, I think that he absolutely deserves full credit for the hard work that he played during the time that Russell Wilson was out. Trust me, it is not easy playing for the Seattle Seahawks with that offensive line. But nonetheless, Trevor Lawrence had a very good game, Twenty excuse me, 32 of 54, 238 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He was only sacked one time. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they fall down to 1-6 and six while the Seattle Seahawks improved to 3-5. and five. For Jacksonville, this is another tough season. What a surprise. Do not expect Urban Meyer to be back. Let's move on to the next game where we got – the Miami Dolphins losing to the Buffalo Bills 26-11. to I thought this was going to be more of a blowout, but these were one of these games where the game did not really pick up to the second half. I thought Buffalo was going to come out and just punch them in the face and knock them out, but you got to give Brian Flores credit for the coaching job that he has done. He does an excellent job coaching that team, and the fact that their record is 1-7 is not on Brian Flores because i tell you this right now. Brian Flores is one of the better coaches in the league. It's just the roster that he has, it is absolutely atrocious. But the Buffalo Bills improved to 5-2, and two as they absolutely kill it on the field. And who also also killed it in an appearance was none other than the Jews, O.J. Simpson, who had got a standing ovation during the game. And I will sit back and say this, this Buffalo team is absolutely amazing on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. Don't expect anything different from Buffalo. Buffalo is first in their division. What a surprise from one of the better teams in the AFC. Now let's talk about it. Because we had Denver beat Washington 17-10. The Buccaneers beat the, excuse me, the Saints beat the Buccaneers 
36 to 27 off of a late pick six to seal the game against the GOAT Tom Brady. And Dallas comes back and wins against Minnesota in Minnesota 20 to 16. And the Patriots beat the Chargers 27 to 24. But let's get into it. Let's talk about it because I have been waiting to talk about this because this has made me absolutely sick. The Cleveland Browns lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers 15-10 in a game that should have been won by us. Let me just say this about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is extremely well coached and that defense is amazing and that offensive line is getting better. And because their offensive line is getting better, Najee Harris is getting better. Big Ben is getting protected better. But this is a game that we should have won, and now we have not. And now all these Pittsburgh fans get to roam around here acting all crazy and stuff. This is what I did not want, but what I also expected from this team. I mean, my God, this is exactly what I expected. We could not do diddly squat on offense. I will not... I repeat, I will not put this loss on the defense. This loss is nothing on the defense. Yes, we did give up the late touchdown, but we stopped them on the two-point conversion. We stopped them on that fake field goal. This defense played the best they've played since the Chicago Bears game, and the fact that we could not pull out with a win is absolutely egregious. Kevin Stefanski's play calling. As much as I like Kevin Stefanski, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski's play calling has made me question this sometimes because it seems like when he loses Kareem Hunt, he does not know how to run the ball. He does not know how to run the ball. I'm going to tell you how I know he doesn't know how to run the ball. Nick Chubb only 16 carries for 61 yards. You have DeErnest Johnson who, when I see run on that field, all I see is Kareem Hunt 2.0. And you only have him carry it four times. And Baker Mayfield, this is not a fault of Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield has got to make some better decisions as far as placing the ball where it needs to be placed at. He doesn't make bad decisions when it comes to when to scramble, whatever it may be, but it seems like he hesitates at times to let it go. Go ahead and let it go. You got Landry. You got Odell. Oh, never mind. Odell only had one catch for six yards. Let's talk about the Odell situation because even though you do not want to piss off Jarvis Landry, you need to trade Odell. This offense is better without Odell. Everybody is pressing to get Odell the ball, and we are drawing up plays for Odell to get the ball. But guess who is not responding? Odell. Guess who does not have the connection with his quarterback? Odell. Guess who do not have connection with each other? Odell and Baker. Baker is a better quarterback statistically, and Baker is a better quarterback on video when there is no Odell Beckham Jr. number 13 on the football field. It was proven last year when we didn't have him. It was proven the year before when we didn't have him, and Baker was out there. It's like everybody is trying to get Odell the ball. Everybody's trying to get Odell the ball, and Odell ain't performing. It is time to cut ties with Odell Beckham Jr., and if Jarvis want to go, it's time to cut ties with Jarvis Landry. As much as I like Jarvis Landry, it is time to cut ties with Odell Beckham Jr., and if Jarvis Landry does not like it, it is time to cut ties with him too because this team is better without Odell. I was in denial when this season started. I thought we could be better than this. We are not. This is what happens when I expect something from the Cleveland Browns. This is exactly what 
what happens when I expect something from the Cleveland Browns. They cannot do anything right. They cannot do anything right. It is ridiculous. We should be beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. We should be beating the Chargers. We should have beat the Chiefs. This is ridiculous. We are better than a 4-4 four and four bottom of the AFC North record. We are better than this. And we can only beat the Denver Broncos. We can barely beat the Houston Texans. Ooh, whoop-de-doo. Whoop-de-doo. Because now I'm looking at this. Now we got Cincinnati. Yes, they're coming off of a loss against the New York Jets. But I'm looking at Cincinnati, who's a good team. I'm looking at them, and I'm nervous. I haven't been nervous about a Cincinnati game in God knows how long. I'm nervous about that game. I'm nervous that we're going to fall to four and five. I am extremely nervous. We have got to get rid of Odell Beckham Jr. It is plain and simple. I, I, I have tried to deny it. I have tried to defend it. I have tried my best, and I cannot deny, I cannot defend any of this Odell crap anymore. He has got to go. And that has nothing to do with the player that he is or the human being that he is. It is nothing personal. Because as a player, I think he is still great. I think he can still do it. I think he can make a team better. But he does not make the Cleveland Browns better because it does not work. It has not worked for three years. It hasn't worked. So because it hasn't worked, you need to get rid of it. You need to get rid of it. If your dryer stops working, do you keep the dryer because the dryer was talented? Or do you just go ahead and get rid of the dryer and get a new one? I'm pretty sure you're going to go get the new dryer. So go trade Odell. Go trade him. It's time. It's time to trade Odell Beckham because this offense runs better. Kevin Stefanski's play calling is better because we're not pressing to get the ball to Odell. Odell is pressing because he wants the ball. Odell is pressing because he's being called overrated in a shell of his former self. Odell is pressing. Baker is pressing because it is pressure on him to get the ball to Odell. And Stefanski is pressing because it is pressure to get the ball to Odell. Do you see a common denominator here? It's getting the ball to Odell. It ain't working. So instead of doing something about it, we ain't doing nothing about it. We just letting the same crap happen. We are better than a 4-4 four and four team. I'm seeing Pittsburgh fans left and right talking mad crap. I am so tired of giving these people bragging rights. They've had it enough. They've had it enough. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And now I got to hear their crap. Well, you had to hear our crap. You had, we had to hear your crap for nine months. Who cares? We had to hear your crap for 20 years. We've had to hear the same crap for 20-plus years. This is ridiculous how we lost that game. This was a winnable game. And it tells me that this offense is not the same. It is worse with Odell. The defense did his job. The, let's, let's be real here. Pittsburgh offense ain't all that. It's not all that. Najee Harris had a good game. But it's not all that. Big Ben is not the same quarterback. Big Ben is not the same quarterback. That defense is good. You That defense is good. That defense is great. It's good when you take T.J. Watt out of it, but it's great with T.J. Watt in it. 
But this was a game we should have won. It was in our stadium, and it's a game we should have won. We did better playing dress-up. We did better playing dress-up on the way to the locker room. Hey, they look like they dressed up as NFL players on the offense sometimes. We did better playing dress-up. This was, oh, oh, this was, oh, my God. We had a chance to win this game on multiple occasions, and we did not do it. I do not blame Stefanski for going for it on a 4th and 12 when you're down by 5 under 2 minutes to go. You can't blame the man for doing it because the onside kick is not guaranteed. It is not guaranteed, and it showed. I do blame, you know, Stefanski for only having two timeouts. But it's just, ugh, this was bad. This was bad. This was a winnable game. And now you got these fans, they just going around acting like they just won the damn Super Bowl. You didn't win nothing. They going around here acting, oh, yeah, we got it. Yes, you did get your revenge. But, man, they acted like they couldn't take it for nine months. We've been taking it for 20 years. Browns fans have been taking this crap for 20 years. 20 years. And y'all mad because y'all had to take it for nine months. This is, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous that we lost that game like that. Shouldn't have lost this game. Should have won. Should have won this game, and we did not win this game. We did not win this game. It was a game we should have won, and we did not win. We fall to 4-4. Four and four. We're last in the division. What a surprise. I'm used to it. I'm 25 years old. I've watched bad Browns football for 22 years. Trust me, I'm used to being in the basement. I'm so used to it. This was a team that was predicted to go to the Super Bowl, win the division, go through the AFC, could beat Kansas City, can possibly beat Buffalo. They cannot do it. If you tell me right now that the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl at the end of this year, I'm going to smack you across the face because I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it. And if they do happen to do it, we'll go back to this tape right now, November 1st, 2021 at 4.56 p.m. But right now, I'm going to smack you across your face if you tell me that. I'm going to tell you crazy if you tell me that. If some time traveler come here, I'm going to tell them to go back to the future because there ain't no way it's going to happen. Not with this team. Not with this play calling. Unbelievable. Trade Odell, you, you got to start somewhere. Andrew Barry, do something about this. Do something about this. This, this is, oh, uh, oh, this was a rough day. This was a rough, yesterday was rough. It's been a rough day. Pittsburgh, they, they improved to four and three. Whatever. Whatever. We, we, whatever. Who, who, who cares? Who cares about this? The season is lost right now. This team is better than what this team is. I don't put it against the defense. The defense did better on third downs this week. I, I don't I don't put it against this defense. I honestly don't. I, I honestly do not. But this offense is better than being ranked 26th in the league in passing yards. They are. And I'm looking at our schedule at Cincinnati, at Patriots, 
I'm not, ooh, 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 the Lions game, we could let it slip at Baltimore before our bye week. And then we come off the bye week and we face Baltimore. We don't face Pittsburgh to January 3rd on Monday night. This was egregious. We're, we are better than this, and we are not showing it. I don't know if this is 2021 or 2019. But this is all I got to say about the Cleveland Browns. That's all I got to say about the Cleveland Browns. We'll see what we do next week against the Cincinnati Bengals, but this is all I got to say about the Cleveland Browns. That's it. That's it. Now let's talk about some news in the NFL. Broncos trade Von Miller to the Rams for a second and third round pick. So basically, Von Miller goes to the Rams on the same defensive line as Aaron Donald, and in return, the Denver Broncos got a bag of Cheetos and a half-drunken Sprites. Uh, Jameis Winston, we wish him a good, speedy recovery. He is out for the year with a torn ACL. I thought he was having a decent year. I thought he was going to get better. But the, the Saints have to rely on Taysom Hill now. And like I mentioned earlier, Derrick Henry potentially out for the year. They're saying that he might not be out for the year. But nonetheless, it is a possibility that he could be out for the year for that foot Injury, we will find out. We will find out as this year progresses what is really going to happen. And now let's talk about tonight's Monday night game. The Kansas City Chiefs host the New York Giants. The New York Giants coming in at 2-5, third in the NFC East, while the Kansas City Chiefs 3-4, fourth in the AFC West as they are trying to turn this season around. And I think this is a good opportunity to start that. They are facing against a bad offensive unit. I mean, look, there's... They, they're not that good, but Kansas City's defense is not good neither, so I think it balances out. The last time these two teams played was back in 2017 with the New York Giants won 12-9. I am going to give this win to the New York Giants. I think the New York Giants go into Arrowhead and upset the Kansas City Chiefs by the final score of, you ready for this, 27-10. I think the New York Giants, who does give up 25 points per game. I think they have a way to contain Mahomes and to prevent the Kansas City Chiefs from scoring more than 14 points. But we're going to find out about that. You have listened to a special installment of Technically It Is Real. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. You all have a blessed week. We will see you Saturday at 10 a.m. To 12 p.m. on NorthCoastUnderground.com, you just scroll on down to the Listen Live tab. Actually, you don't even have to scroll down. When you click on the on the website, once it is loaded, it will have the Listen Live at the bottom. You click on that and click on the very top section of the sidebar that says North Coast Underground. Again, I have been Ty- I have been your host, Tyro Jackson. This is technically it is real. You have a great week. See you Saturday. You have finished listening to another presentation of Technically It Is Real on NorthCoastUnderground.com. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Have a great week, everybody.